Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett, and I'm joined by a special guest, Mendel Kurland from GoDaddy. He's the GoDaddy evangelist and space cowboy. And uh, he's also got a lot of interesting things going on from uh, experience, experience developing training and also developing a really interesting live event called Camp Press. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into Mendel's story. But before we do all that, I just want to thank you, Mendel, for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so at Lifter LMS, a lot of the people are designing courses. Some of them come at courses after um, being speakers on the stage and actually getting a little road weary and wanting to like do the whole internet thing instead of living in airports and um, you know traveling all the time and speaking on the stage and try to figure out how to kind of digitize that. Some people go the other way where they're building courses and they're like, hey, I, I kind of want to, I'm getting a little lonely behind my computer and screen flow. I'd like to, you know, connect with my people and have some kind of event or mastermind or summit or something. And <clears throat> when I first came across your work in Cabo Press, you designed an event called Camp Press that first started in Oklahoma and now you're setting one up to happen in Iceland. What's Camp Press and where did that idea come from? Yeah. Um, man, I was, uh, I, so the first year I traveled three, three years ago, um, like big time for GoDaddy. Um, I, I flew 175,000 miles. Um, and, uh, and then the second year I was like at 150,000. This year I've gotten away with like 100,000, right? So I've met a lot of people and I've also um, experienced a lot of uh, pain myself um, when it comes to living that, uh, that corporate life, right? Like staying, staying in the Hilton um, and, uh, and like going from conference center to hotel to airport to conference center, the hotel to airport, right? And maybe, maybe a few restaurants here and there, um, which sounds amazing at first. Uh, and then, and then you start to realize that you miss this, this component of humanity, right. That, that exists, um, outside of this bubble that we all live in. And, um, and I started to notice that, uh, people that I was talking to, because primarily I, I talked to web developers and designers and entrepreneurs and product people and, and stuff like that. They were all kind of saying the same thing. You know, I started, started to tell them how I felt and, and they started to agree with me. Um, and they were like, yeah, you know, I, I love going out for a hike. I haven't been out in forever. I love, you know, going, um, going to work out, but it never seems to work out. Uh, you know, I love getting out from behind my computer. And um, so I started thinking about it. And the way my mind works, I think about something. Uh, and then I'm like, well, I want to, I want to fix this. And so I, I look to see if there's anything else kind of similar, nothing else kind of um, excited me. Uh, and so I decided to prototype uh, a couple things, one of them being Camp Press. Um, the other one being uh, a, an organization called Hiking with Geeks. And, um, and the purpose of those, of those two groups is quite literally to get geeks out from behind their computers um, and, and either onto the trail or having person-to-person uh, -person conversations or connecting with each other offline, which I think is a, 
a very powerful way to um, to build business influence and just your business in general. So, cool. What is um? Can you tell us a little bit more about the two events? What what was hiking with geeks like, and what yeah. was Camp Press like? Yeah, so uh, hiking with geeks is ongoing. There's 14 chapters uh, across North America. Wow. Um, there's I think 16,000 members. Uh, maybe we're up to 17,000 now. Um, and the the concept is simple: super inclusive environment, geeks only. If you don't self-identify as a geek, if you're if you're like uh, you know a, a guy or a girl that's like, hey, geeks are stupid. I don't want to hang out with them, or I'm too cool for that, or whatever then you're not allowed, you know, um, because we only want people that are like open to the experience. Um, so that is quite simply people um, getting out from behind their computers, their labs, their their desks and going on a hike, hitting the trail. And by hike, we're talking about like a walk through the woods, right? This is this is an accessible thing for for most anybody. Um, so th so that's hiking with geeks. Um, Let me ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. Before we shift to camp press. <laughs> I'm imagining this is free. Yes. Or maybe not. It's a free, it's a free thing with seven, mm -hmm. did you say 17,000 members? Yeah. Now 17,000 members across 14 meetups. Yeah. That's amazing. So you're using the meetup platform to organize it. Is that correct? Yeah. At, at the moment. So, um, for anybody that's used meetup, um, it's a great platform. It's what I call a discovery engine, right? It helps. It actually funnels members, through their system very well into your, into your event. It's really great. Um, it's a great way to get new people to discover an experience. It's not really great to, um, to be able to remarket to those people, um, or to, uh, create some sort of brand, um, brand affiliation. Um, and it's possible, but it's hard. And so, I've used that as a tool to then funnel people to a big Slack channel um, where we all talk about geeky hiking stuff um, or to uh, or then push people to disconnected events like Camp Press. But the whole idea is that anybody, um, it's a decentralized meetup, so anybody can fill out a form. When they fill out the form, um, it automatically spins up a meetup description. Um, I post that description uh, for whoever it is that wants to run the hike. And the only qualification is that these people have to be nice people. They want they they have to um, try and help include everybody, conversations, all that, right? Answer questions beforehand. They don't have to know the trail because part of the beauty of it is that we're all humans, right? We we can all figure out um, how to get from one point to another. Uh, we've been doing it for like hundreds of years, right? And so um, so you don't have to be an expert uh, and. Uh, and we put those events out there and typically we get, um, you know, in Dallas, we're getting turnouts of maybe 40, 50 people per event, um, in, in other areas, maybe 50%, which is pretty high for, for meetup. Normally meetup is, you know, is around a fifth of the people that sign up actually attend. Um, but it's, it's a really, um, it's really been an effective way to get people out on the trail and, and just enjoying a free event where they can uh, network with other people from Microsoft or people from Indeed.com or people from uh, there are a bunch of chip manufacturers in Austin. And so we get you know people from uh, from all those chip manufacturers uh, who are engineers and um, and scientists and uh 
any nerdy uh, profession that you can think of, uh, that's that's who they are. So that's awesome. So <clears throat> if you're listening out there and you haven't been to a meetup, I'd encourage you to check one out. Um, but also think about starting one. Uh, and it's not just for cities. I live in a rural area. It's called Midcoast, Maine. There's a lot of small towns. Hmm. I'm actually in the process of just starting a meetup around the topics of WordPress. Um, edu- online education and digital entrepreneurship and people are joining from towns all around and in my rural area and eventually we're going to start getting it together in person but a lot of entrepreneurs especially can end up isolated or whatever and it's a great it's, it's so important to get out of the building which leads me to the, the the insight that I wanted to ask you about when you take somebody who's predominantly digital or behind a computer and you remove the internet. I mean, I'm sure you still have the phone or whatever, but you actually get out into the woods or wherever and you're hiking. What's it, what does that do to people? Like if you're playing an anthropologist and you just take a step back and you look around at the fellow geeks in the woods, what is, what's happening from the experience? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, the, the first, the first time and actually something I'm really fascinated with the first time I went on one of these hikes, I invited people out and it was weird because I got there and I'm like, oh no, this is going to be strange because I'm standing there and I'm trying to make an announcement, tell everybody what it's all about. I'm standing on a rock and, um, and they're all just super awkward. They're standing there and they're super awkward. And I'm like, man, maybe this was a mistake. Like, I don't know if this is going to work out. So we got on the trail and I realized you know, there's something that happens. I don't know if you've gone on a really long walk, you know, maybe like, like five, six, seven, ten 10 miles. Right. Um, so, so this happens to me a lot when I do like 20 miles, you, you completely zone out. You're one with your thoughts. Right. Um, and there's, there's something, there's something magical that happens when you have that methodical beat of um, your feet touching the pavement or touching the trail. Uh, because after a certain amount of time, you stop worrying about your insecurities um, because it's like you're incapable of doing that, right? Your body has to figure out how to avoid obstacles and get where it's going. And instead, you, you start thinking with a different function uh, of your brain. Now, um, there, there are probably uh, psychologists that could explain this exact um, phenomenon. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Uh, but... Um, but what happened was, was awesome because we're on the trail and all of a sudden people are just talking, um, and they're talking a lot, right. And they're introducing themselves and they're not feeling vulnerable and they're helping each other across, um, you know, these little streams and stuff like that. And we get back at the end and, and, and the key at the end is then we, I say, if anybody wants to grab something to eat afterwards, we'll organize and we'll go get something to eat. Um, this last trip I was on, you know, normally I'm the one that suggests it. So last trip I was on, this guy said, um, who wants to go uh, get something for lunch? I, I was about to leave, and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, like, let's go get something for lunch. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, right? And, and it was like half the group that, that went, and they wanted to hang out. So people, people are starved, um, in particular geeks are starved for that, um, that connection. So. Very cool, very cool. And you mentioned something, a word I wanted to dig in a little bit, which was inclusive. Mm. Uh, I heard an analogy recently. I was on a virtual summit for people building digital businesses. And one of the other speakers was talking about 
the croissant versus the bagel. So if you go, to, it was about networking and it was about, if you go to a conference, sometimes there's these clicks of people and it's like a bagel, you can't penetrate. But then mm. the croissant is like a gathering of people, the body language is open, you know, it's welcoming if you walk into the circle, that's the croissant. Um, what do you, to talk to us about like inclusiveness, like what does that mean? And you say that's like a qualifier for joining Hiking with Geeks. Like, why do, why do you put emphasis on that? Yeah, so um, if, if somebody doesn't tell you explicitly that something is inclusive, then unfortunately, by, by definition um, and societal norms, it's not inclusive. Um, especially when you're talking about an event or a club, which is, you know, what a meetup group kind of is. And so, um, so we've gone out of our way to put this or I've gone out of my way to put this on all of the meetup pages, right? All, nobody can change the meetup pages. It's basically house rules. And, um, and with meetups in particular, for anybody that's building their own experience, this is, um, this is like a golden rule that everybody scares, uh, everybody's scared of. Right. But, um, say what you stand for and say how you'll enforce it. Right. Um, and so, uh, the inclusive part has been important from the beginning um, because I would literally get people sending messages and say, Hey, um, I'm, I'm not that uh, physically fit. Can I still come, you know, or uh, I haven't been on a trail for like years. Can I, can I, can I come? I'm like, yes. In fact, you're exactly the person I want. Right. Um, and so um, inclusiveness has been big. And then, telling people um, if there's a problem during the meetup, and this is given to all of the organizers, if there's a problem, um, they're, they're to talk to me, right? And I will um, and have uh, just completely remove people from the meetup. No questions asked, right? So if there's, if there's any um, inkling that somebody is going to do something or has done something uh, that, that makes people uncomfortable, we just remove them. Um, and it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's my group, it's my rules, right? And it, that goes for a business meetup that goes for, uh, a hiking meetup. So, um, super, super important. Awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate that. That makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate that leadership piece. If you're going to organize it or there's going to be another organizer, there is that, that is one of the group leadership components is protecting the group um, yeah. and, and taking a stand if, if you need to remove a member or whatever. Um, well, let's talk about Camp Press. What is it? Yeah. Uh, so Camp Press is, is kind of like a sister to Hiking with Geeks. And the idea is uh, to take it one step further. So instead of just a hike um, for two hours on a, you know, on a weekend or an evening, it's a full experience that involves either camping or cabins. And it's an all-inclusive experience. So you don't have to go and worry um, that you have the right stuff with you. You basically bring clothes or wear what you wear for four days. You know, you'll, you'll be good. Um, and uh, and there, there are certain requirements um, that are important. So number one, whatever the venue is, doesn't typically have great cellular service. So you don't really, yeah, you don't really have an option. Uh, of whether or not you can um, you can do work there, 
right? Um, we don't do it at places like KOA campgrounds because KOA has uh, high-speed internet, right? Yeah. Um, so, so we don't do it at places like that. Um, but the whole idea is a disconnected experience where we um, bring people together from, from different walks of life, um, a diverse group that has diverse interests, and we, um, we ask them questions when they first sign up. Uh, in, a, in a questionnaire that asks them about their offline skills. What are they good at? What have they done before in an outdoor setting? What have they not done before? And, uh, and we use a program called Missions um, when people first show up to help people connect in a way that's not intrusive, right? So the idea is that this should be uh, whatever you want it to be. If you want to relax, great, go relax. If you want to go read a book, Go read a book, you know. Um, if you want to hang out with a couple other people and kick a ball around or something, that's awesome too. Um, but these missions serve as a way to pull people together. So um, in Oklahoma, when we did our first one, uh, somebody knew how to light a fire. Somebody else didn't know how to light a fire. And so they get these index cards when they first show up to the event. And one of them said, uh, it's your mission to go light a fire. And one of them said, it's your mission to help this person um, with their mission, right? They didn't know what it was. So they have to communicate. They have to talk. They have to figure out, you know, what they're supposed to do. And it's usually something that then benefits the, the greater group, right? And so at the end of the time, uh, everybody just bonded, had a great time. Uh, somebody taught a song. Somebody else cooked breakfast for the entire camp. And it... And it really created the sense of community. Um, the first one was in Oklahoma. The, the goal now is to do them um, all over the country and world. Uh, one scheduled for Texas in 2018, one scheduled for um, Iceland. Uh, because why not go check something off your bucket list with a bunch of geeks while you're at it? Now, that one is particularly special because we'll be at the base of a volcano. Um, again, in a camp format, this time in cabins because it's a little cold there. Um, and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to create a community. Um, we're going to build that up for, for four days. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun together, do a lot of cool stuff, maybe challenge each other a little bit. Um, and, uh, and, and we're going to go home after having an epic time. So. That's awesome. For yeah. a, uh, for the practically minded out there, um, it sounds like hiking with friends or hiking with geeks is, um, it's, it's more or less free. I think it costs around $15 a month to have a meetup group yeah. or whatever. But when you're organizing an event, what was your approach to like pricing it? Were you trying to just cover costs and make it happen because you believe in the mission? Is there, um, like, how do you figure out, how do you approach pricing like which was more important to you the experience or the business model or that kind of thing yeah um experience is always first um not not losing your ass on it is um is always first too i think a uh, lot of event designers learn that one the hard way with their first <laughs> one or whatever yeah um and to be honest i got really lucky with camp press oklahoma uh i got a, a great deal um, from Aaron Campbell's family on on the property, which was a huge help. We had some great sponsors, which was which was super cool too. Um, but yeah, I guess I look at um, designing a cool experience, 
and then um, and then I figure out how much does it cost and how much do I want to make so that I can continue to sustain this. So for Iceland, you know, the number of people I wanted to bring, I, I need to put down 20% when I, when I initially book. Now it turns out that through some cool connections in the WordPress community, um, I hooked up with a tour company there that was super lax about um, the, the deposit. And they were like, we love what you're doing. Um, we want to be a part of it. Now they even want to advertise for us. But, um, but, it, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, you, you want to make sure you don't lose your ass. And then also that, that you're making something on it. Um, when I looked at, when I looked at costs for, uh, Camp Press Oklahoma, I just wanted as many people to sign up as possible. Um, I got some really mixed reviews and I think it was because of the way that I, um, that I explained the event to people because some people said you're charging way too little. Some people said you're charging too much. Some people said, Oh, this is totally reasonable. Um, with Campress Iceland, I've had two schools of thought. One is, uh, well, actually three. One is, yeah, no problem. I'll check out today. One is, um, oh man, this isn't cheap, but, um, but I aspire to go, right? And so they're saving up, they're waiting, they're figuring out how the holidays go, how their business goes. And then the third is, what are you crazy? For, for four days, you're charging me 1400 bucks? You're nuts, right? Um, I, I have 12 RSVPs already, uh, and that was in the first month that it was on sale. Um, so I think I'm priced pretty, pretty well, um, because I'm actually getting signups, right? There are actually people that, that are aspiring to go. Um, and the people that are saying it's too expensive, those are few and far between. And so it's really important to, to listen to what people are saying and, and continue asking the question, what did you think of this? What did you think of that? What, you know, was this viable? Was it not valuable? Um, based on some research I did before I even put the event out there, um, it was going to be a three-day event for the same price. And I went back to my travel company and I, I, I said, listen, guys, we got to figure out how to make this work for four days um, for the same price. Uh, and it turns out it worked to my advantage. They had somebody that they were going to hire to play music for us. Um, so what, what did the travel so, do like what did they do what do you mean like in terms of structuring the event what did the travel company do um they don't they don't do anything um for for the magic of camp press they basically make sure all of it can happen right so it's so, like uh, organizing flights or what is it um it's it's anything once we're on the ground so okay. they're gonna have uh four by four modified trucks there to take us across the back country of Iceland to our volcano huts. They're going to make sure that we're fed and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's a way like, if, I like how you did one or it makes sense. It's practical to do one a little closer to home, mm -hmm. you proved it. And now you're like, let's go deeper into this idea and push the boundaries a little bit. And then, you know, you can have boots on the ground with a travel company to help, you know, guide you and make sure every all the pieces come together. So, it sounds like it sounds challenging to create, but if you have a clear vision and you've got the right people helping you, um, and that's it. I mean, it's you have a day job, yeah. You're able to pull it off, that's really inspiring. Well, I, I'll just say one other thing: a, defi a defining characteristic of the success of both events, and um, and you know, 
there are some others in the works too, um, is I partner with somebody on each one. It's not the same person. So Alex Moss came to me from, from the UK and he's like, I'm, I'm super stoked about what you're doing. I want to do one in Europe. And I said, cool, let's talk about that. Right. And then we went from doing it in Italy to, he said, what about Iceland? I got friends up there. And I'm like, yes, I've always wanted to go there. Right. Like, let's do it. So partnering, like not being afraid to partner with people. And these guys don't expect, um, you know, much, they, they understand what I'm trying to do. So they're not trying to steal the show. They're, they're just genuinely interested in, in the concept and helping out. So that's, that's super important too, is if you can get somebody just, you know, partner with, it's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I'm a big fan of shared leadership and not doing it by yourself. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, let's shift gears into, into GoDaddy a little bit and talk about training there. What did you do with training at GoDaddy? Or you still do like, what, what is What is your GoDaddy training story? Yeah. So, so about five years ago, six years ago, um, I, I was, I was at an event at our headquarters and the CMO was saying, you know, what are some fresh ideas? What are some things that we can do to really push the envelope with our customers and like make things, make things even cooler, um, for them? And I, and I, and I said, why don't we like talk to them in person? Like, why don't we, why don't we do workshops? Why don't we teach them things? um, in person. And she was like, uh, okay, here's, here's the credit card, right? Like it was, it was that, it was that easy. She's like, go, like, go build it out, go try it. Right. And so, um, so I did a pilot in Chicago and in, in Austin where, um, with an instructional designer built out, um, a full curriculum, um, for building a website with both our website builder and with WordPress. Um, and over the period of about two years, um, spent about two weeks in Austin, two weeks in Chicago each month. So I wasn't home much. Um, and I, uh, um, and I basically optimized the in-class experience so that people could get up and running with a website, um, uh, in about an hour and a half. Um, and so this, this was training new customers. Well, at first it was training new customers. So then, so then it went from training new customers to training trainers. Um, so we started working with local SBDCs and score chapters and things like that. How would, uh, and, and were these new customers in person or virtual? Yeah, these, uh, these were all in person. So yeah. I was, I was on a plane going back and forth at that time I lived in Iowa. So how did, the, how did the new customers end up in the room, in the training room? How did that happen? Uh, so would you believe that I leveraged Meetup? Okay. <laughs> there you um, go. So, so I, it was funny because I stumbled a bit. I tried making a Meetup that was GoDaddy Meetup. And people are like, like... It's a company. Okay, yeah. whatever, right? Um, that, was the first, that was the first time that I really learned that like what you do can be, can't be about you, right? It has to be about them. So then I went on, I hit up, I remember Ray Massery. He's this dude that works at a, um, a, a, a big, one of the big agencies in Chicago. And he runs the Chicago uh, design meetup, or at least he used to. It was huge. And I was like, hey, man, yeah, like, you mind if I um, come and give like a quick like workshop on uh, building websites? And he was like, yeah, it'd be awesome. Like, 
I took because every meetup leader needs new content, right? And so that's that's how I, I started off. Then it turned out that we found out that like every small business development center in the country trains people on building websites. And so started to go kind of up that funnel, right? But um, but yeah, it it was it was me <laughs> it was meetup at first. That's awesome. You've got my wheels spinning about uh, you know doing a meetup in a bigger city where there's lots of people about building an online course site in a workshop style. That would be kind of fun. Yeah. Well, and then I started. Then I started moonlighting uh, in Iowa. I was like, man, if this works for business, so I, I spun up a build build your build your first website meetup in in Iowa City, Iowa, and I think I charged like sixty bucks for people to come, which was, it wasn't a lot of money, but, um, proof of concept, it was awesome because I made like 250 bucks one night, you know, cause everybody just sat in a room and I was like, let me help you get your domain. And by the way, they were affiliate codes and you know, like it was, um, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. This is uh, what is it about you and like being a serial event creator? Or, or just a serial connector or problem solver? Where does that come from? Um, I don't know. I've just always loved people, you know? And when you love people, I guess, you like you, and, I, people. And, I, and I have this crazy entrepreneurial spirit, right? So, um, so those two things combine uh, and end up with, um, oh, and, I, and I'm also a, a trained web uh, or um, software engineer. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, so all those things combined allow me to prototype things and create, create things fairly quickly. So that's awesome. How, just in general terms, like when you were working with the end customer versus training the trainer, yeah, how is that different? Uh, <laughs> um, or, it, or maybe no difference. It, it interestingly, it rarely was different. Um, Unless, because there are like a lot of small business coaches and stuff. I can think of this really great group in Chicago. I still miss them, but um, they they were all small business owners trying to help other small business owners be small business owners, right? Yeah. And so teaching them how to train their clients was just as um, difficult as training their, you know, end user. Um, then when you got up the funnel to people that were parts of established big organizations, mm-hmm. um, that's when it started to change. So okay. people at small business development centers, um, you know, that was a little bit different. They were, they were, you know, you'd go to a college in the middle of Brazos sport, Texas and teach somebody how to, uh, teach all their clients. And they, they were building sites every day for their clients. Right. And, um, and I just, came in and gave them some, some more structure around it. Right. So. Wow. That's awesome. What are some tips you have? Um, when we talk about course creation, we talk a lot about like three main kinds. One of them I call the resource course. One of them is called a behavior change and the other one's called learner process. So you're teaching a process course, like from zero to website, mm-hmm. any tips on teaching a process course in general? Like, um, I got it. Well, here's a tip on teaching any course. Um, and that is as, as you build the course, um, focus on, and it sounds silly, focus on whoever your target is making their life as awesome as possible. 
and then um, make sure to document every piece uh, as you're creating it. Um, because when you go back to replicate it, uh, then you, you'll, you'll have all of that information. Um, and then when you go back to replicate it, um, get feedback, right? And then immediately make the change. Don't, don't wait to make the change. Immediately make the change to the curriculum or to the setup or to the layout of, of, of the room or the layout of the web page or whatever. And, and continually do that. And you'll be amazed how quickly um, feedback changes, how much quicker learning occurs, all these things. Um, by the way, my, my dad is a, 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 has a PhD in education. Okay. Uh, or Sorry, a, a, a doctorate in education. Um, and I don't know if they're the same thing. But anyway, he has a doctorate in education, um, and he was a school principal for most of my life. Um, and so uh, I guess the, the whole education thing, uh, it, it comes pretty easily uh, to me, which is probably why I loved doing that, that whole training and education thing. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's, let's shift gears over to hosting a little bit. You work at GoDaddy and you're an evangelist and a space cowboy. Um, we get asked all the time at Lifter LMS, what web hosts you recommend for an online course site. A lot of times I, I like to recommend some kind of managed WordPress hosting and, you know, make yeah. sure you've got good customer support and backups. Um, when you're making the case for GoDaddy, what, what do you love about the, the GoDaddy um, universe when people operate in there? And I got to say for me personally, whenever I go to get a, Go, a domain name, I go to GoDaddy. GoDaddy's got the best like domain name searching. I'm, I'm not a serial domain buyer. I'm not a bad one, I should say. But, um, and I've had sites on GoDaddy. I've worked with lots of clients on GoDaddy. Yeah. And I've had a great experience. But what, what do you, how do you make the case for GoDaddy? Yeah, so um, I've, I've been there around eight years. Um, and so I've, I've, seen, I've seen progress. I've seen the way uh, the company feels about their customers and change and the experience. Um, quite honestly, the company just gives a damn about their, their customers, right? And, uh, and the whole mission, the entire time I've been there has been about building awesome stuff um, that helps customers do their best work. Um, and so right now, the thing that I'm super hot on are um, actually, well, there's three things. One is this product called SmartLine. Um, it's an app that you download that gives you an extra number um, for your phone, for your business. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, the uh, Go Central, which is our um, website builder, that's in its like fourth generation or something like that. And it's a, it's a super easy drag and drop builder. Um, so for like one page landing sites and like sales sites and stuff like that, it's killer, right? Like you can build something in, I don't know, 20 minutes that you can, you know, throw out there. Um, but the, the thing that I'm most excited about is where our managed WordPress uh, product, product is going um, because it's, it's now a, like a hyper containerized product that, that checks all the boxes of all the feedback we received from our first generation managed WordPress product. Um, 
that just launched like a month ago. Uh, so it's, it's super fresh and, um, and it's like, it's, it's all the latest gear underneath. Right. So like if you're a geek and you think about things like PHP and, you know, uh, um, and caching and SSL and things like that, um, then like you'll, you'll totally geek out on what's under the hood because it, it looks, it looks phenomenal. Um, just like from a technical standpoint. Um, but I guess the coolest part is that like our engineers are banging on this and making it better. Um, like in real time, I watch these like Slack channel messages, like this customer said that this wasn't working quite right. And so they're like, Oh, I got you. I'll, like I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that across the system. And like, you know, 24 hours later, the, you know, the bug is fixed or whatever. And so I'm just like, I'm stoked about that. And, uh, GoDaddy as a whole, it's just, it's cool that you can go to a place and get everything you need. Um, and then you, you can, if you don't quite understand how to like get started with online marketing or set up your email on your phone or whatever, you, like it's, I think one of the only companies in the industry that's 24 seven support. So that's my, um, I, I, I dig it. Right. Like I've, I've worked there for a while. Um, and I'm a pretty honest guy. I think some of those things that, that they're innovating on or that we're innovating on are, are pretty awesome. So. Yeah, that's super cool. The whole managed WordPress thing and like, you know, what are you managing? And that the point you said about like listening to customers and that feedback loop, and then you're seeing it change and making the experience better, removing friction. Um, that's just so key. And, uh, being able to get support. I know me personally, uh, there's been many times where it's like two o'clock in the morning, going to call GoDaddy. I got a problem here on my side or client site and it, you know, it's good. I get it resolved. So yeah, that's, that's super cool. And making it easy for people to get set up is what it's all about. So, totally. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Wow. We covered a lot. We covered a lot about your story, about your events, about training people on how to build websites, about where you work at GoDaddy and what they offer. Um, just to kind of circle it all back to event design. If somebody, if you're going to give somebody like one or three tips on starting their first event, that's somewhat focused around training a skill or teaching a process or creating a community around, um, you know, a similar tribe of people, what would those best tips be? Um, uh, if, if you're scared or questioning it, do it anyway. Um, uh, let people know that it's an experiment, but don't apologize for it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and build genuinely build the experience for, um, for, for the people that, that you, that you, that you care about, um, and, and do it, do it for the right reasons, right? Do it to, to build something cool. Um, but, uh, but also remember that it's gotta, it's gotta pay the bills for, um, for the, for the effort. Um, and, uh, and, and just make sure that, you, you test everything, um, and you, uh, you learn, um, you make changes. And I guess the last thing is that you're, um, 
you're going to try and plan everything to the T and that's what you should do. Um, just know that it's going to look wildly different the second time you do it. Um, so you're going to learn so much that you're going to kick yourself and you're going to be like, why did I do it that way? Why did I do it that way? But that's all part of it. You can't predict that. So let yourself um, live in the moment, build something with as much detail as possible, and then just be excited about the fact that you have some sort of success and, uh, and make it better and different the next time. So. That's awesome. Well, Mendel Curlin, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to find out more about you, find out about your events or find you on social media, where can they connect with you? Yeah. Uh, so you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, it's at, if you will it, uh, at, if you will it, um, it's also my website as well. Uh, if you want to look at what's going on at GoDaddy lately, uh, godaddy.com slash pro. Uh, that's the stuff that I've been working on. And uh, if you're interested in camp press at all, it's just camp.press. There's no com or anything like that. Uh, it's camp.press. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Mendel. We'll have to do it again after Iceland or something and get a yeah. report. And, uh, <laughs> you know, find out more lessons learned about creating masterful events. So thank you again for coming on the show and have a great rest of your day. Cool. Thanks a lot.